Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number, and I'm going to forget, Al, which one is it? I give up at this point. I think we're at, this is, uh, is this 20 now? I think this is, yeah, I think we're at 20. We finally reached 20, yay! We hit, we hit, we hit 20, I only took us a year and a half. Oh, and I Wow! Wow! Spencer and dropping, that's, ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's breaking, a great start. breaking freaking news. Spencer drops an F-bomb before well, I do. Be at it. Well, at least right at the beginning, so now I can't lose it. I'm like, I have to skim through half of it to be able that to pick is, up where you swear. But anyway. That is amazing. You know? I never thought that would happen in the entirety of this podcast because well, like, I, I know how much like you hate it when I swear on this. So like well, the fact that you did it. Happen. I knew it was going to happen one day because I knew one day I was going to wake up half tired and just be like my brain kind of neutral. And my brain was just going to say the first word that came to mind. And guess what came to mind? So, fire truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fire truck. Ambulance. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. That's that. That is amazing. You know what? That's funny. We just, <laughs> that actually just made my freaking day. Well, <laughs> that, there you go. I, I, I've hyped up Al accidentally. So hopefully that is not worse than me for the rest of this episode. That is but awesome. Regardless, we will be talking about the Damien Lillard trade. So if you didn't watch my Polar Opposites episode with Cajun, please go back and watch that. Cajun and I go in-depth on the trade because it happened literally five minutes before we started recording. The Damien Lillard trade went live. So we uh, broke that down for a good half hour. So do check that out. That episode was up yesterday. But Al wants to talk about it as well as the Leafs preseason. We finally are going to talk about some hockey. I know I was excited for the NHL season, getting a little bit closer with preseason in full effect. I want to talk about some of the guys that have been impressing him while he's been skating around on the uh, Scotiabank Arena ice, formerly of the ACC. Amazing, by the way. But, can I like it's amazing. We get it. Now. You can you can gush you can gush later. Okay, you, you can you can gush later about being on the Scotiabank Arena ice. But first, the Toronto Blue Jays. Continue yes. to be the Toronto Blue Jays. So yes. last time we were here, they were three and two. Were the Toronto Blue Jays? You said they were going to finish the year nine and eight and miss the playoffs. Well, right now, Al, as we are recording this, they are seven and six before tonight's game against New York. Before they go into their last series against the Tampa Bay Rays in Toronto, they are seven and six. You are basically on track to hit the nine and eight record. But you predicted that record, and to miss the playoffs, it looks like that will be a make the playoffs if they win those two games. Yeah. Because of it looks the way the season will end for Seattle. So I will give you a quick update before we talk about it. So right now, the only team that can catch them and force them out is the Seattle Mariners. They're a game and a half, or I guess two games up on Seattle in the wild card. So the deciding factor is Seattle has to finish their last four games against the Texas Rangers, who are the best team in their division. And Houston is above them as well at a game and a half difference between Seattle and Houston. So if Seattle were to sweep the Texas Rangers, they'd be on 89 wins, the same as the Texas Rangers. So the Jays would need to win at least two games to hit the 89 89 benchmark to fight the, the three-way there with the Rangers and the Astros. If they win three games, of the last four, does not matter. They're in. 90 wins is the threshold. You get 90 wins, they're in. But as you and I talked about before the pod started, Al, I don't think Seattle gets more than two wins, which would be 87 wins total for Seattle, which is what the Jays are at now. So yeah. as long as the Jays get a win or two wins out of their last four, which would put us at two wins, would be nine and eight to end the year. 
they're going to be in. It's just yeah. where, because of Houston being technically a, game, a half a game back because they have one extra loss, and where that kind of fits its way in. But I still think they're going to make it in regardless. It just then means who are they going to play in the wild card game? Because if they get second in the wild card, they'll play the Tampa Bay Rays. If they get third in the wild card, I believe that means they play the Minnesota Twins. It does. So if But I don't like any of those teams. I just don't like play the Jays. Minnesota. I think you'd rather play Minnesota. Well, absolutely. win Minnesota team over Tampa Bay, who's got 97 wins and are still have a have a shot at the AL at the AL West. Or no, absolutely. AL East. Right, but so. I mean, you know, I've seen the J- the Jays lost to Minnesota this year, like earlier in the year. Well, earlier in the year, I think it might be prior to the All Star break or maybe a month out or whatnot. But the J the season was in full force. It wasn't like oh, it's you know the typical oh, it's early April ball, blah blah blah. Like it wasn't that situation. It was more like nah, like you played the Twins and the Twins showed you up. Like they beat you. You lost to the AL to. As soon as you lose an AL Central team, it's like, bro, what are you doing? Like, the worst division in baseball. If not the second worst. And, you know, the I, look, do I like the, the odd? The, here's the thing. The moment you, the one thing I realize is the moment you realize you're comfortable with a team that the Jays are playing against, that's where you shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Like, the Jays are slowly, and I've I made this reference before. They're turning into the Leafs. They beat teams they shouldn't beat, and then the teams they should beat, they lose. And look, it's happening right now. The New York Yankees, out of playoff contention. And I'm not saying this to rip you one, like Spencer. I know you're a Yankees fan. I'm not saying this to. This is just me stating the facts right now. This is a fact. They're out of a playoff contention. They're not going to be in, and they're losing to a team that has not had a very good season. And not only that, not not only losing, Al, they've lost the first two games of the New York series in Toronto. They have the last game again tonight as we record this at about 1 o'clock on September 28th. At at this time of recording, they've been shut out two straight games. Combined yep. score, 8 nothing, 6-2, 2-0. Or 6 nothing, 2 nothing, including a Cole Gem yesterday, Garrett Cole Gem. Yep. Add to his uh, Cy Young and bid. You knew you knew it was coming because... Let's be honest. The, the way baseball works is if one pitcher does well for one team, you guarantee the next game it's going to be the other way around, at least for the Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman, phenomenal game prior to the Garrett Cole and Jose Brios matchup. And then, you know, the next day, flip the script. Phenomenal game for Garrett Cole. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying b- baseball isn't scripted, but baseball is so predictable sometimes. It's so pretty, and I don't know, maybe if it's just the Blue Jays, maybe it's because I watched like the Blue Jays, I've watched the Blue Jays for so long that you just kind of know, like it's a vibe. Baseball, you can feel when things are about to turn, you know, whereas like a hockey game, it's like, okay, you might think it's going to turn, but the game is still kind of funny. So you're never like fully 100% sure if it's going to turn. Whereas baseball, all you need is one hit, one, a single, an error, just one little play and you, you just feel like the tide just change. 
and baseball is very much a vibe sport. It like is as, a vibe sport. As much as like I I will dog on it, other people will dog on it for how long the season is and you know winning streaks and and stuff like games don't matter until they matter and then they matter a lot type of thing and and what have you. But it really is like a vibe thing. Like if you like before Aaron Judge's injury, I felt very confident in the New York Yankees. And then Aaron Judge oh, got hurt, sure. and I was like, oh, the season's over. Well, the season's over. Like well, no doubt. I didn't think and the season was over. They should have been. I didn't think the season was over, but I did I did think to myself, like, okay, depending on how long he is out for, this could be one of those where it's like, all right, they're going to struggle while he's gone, but once he's back, they're going to go right back to business as usual and be the New York Yankees, a.k.a. Bronx Bombers, whatever. But that just didn't happen. So that's what surprised me with the Yankees is that they were never really able to go back to what they were when Judge was flying. You know, so... That that did catch me off guard, but yeah, like back to the the original point here, like the vibe around this team, like never been I, good. No, no, not even never. Like I've never once been comfortable going into a series this season. Like last year, yeah, you knew a team was rolling into town. It's like yeah, they got these ones locked down. You got they got these ones locked down. Great. This year it was all like at first it was like yeah they got it, and then it's like oh okay they they don't. Wow, it's fine. Maybe they'll. The next time they see them, they got it. The Jays were playing the Kansas City Royals this year, and I was like, I don't know, Kansas might do something. And that's sad. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's sad. Even now, like, oh, you they got the twins. Yeah. Okay, cool. But, like, it's they still have to play. They still have to execute. Like, and if there's one thing we've known for, it hasn't been a secret, the Jays cannot hit. When there is a good pitch, the, the Jays are the easiest team in the majors to pitch to. They really are. As soon as a clutch moment comes up, you throw one pitch that's like maybe two feet off to the outside of the plate, they're going to swing because they know they got to get something done. But it's like, yes, it's okay to know you got to get something done, but like, take a pitch, settle down, wait for it, make the, the baseball 101, make the pitcher go to you. He doesn't want to go to you? Fine. Don't go to him. Let him go to you. Eventually, he's going to get tired of walking, guys. He's going to have to come back into the zone. And that just, again, that talk, that's me talking about the, the Jays' d- discipline at the plate. But, like, at the same time, like, overall, let the game come to you. Don't go to it. Like, yes, well, fly balls. Like, even when a fly ball is hit to you, you don't charge at it. You let it come to you, and then you readjust once you see where it's going. Because if you go to it, there's a good chance you overrun it. If you overrun it, it's over your head. It's over your head. It's a potential double, triple, hell, maybe even an inside the park home run because George Springer hit one against Tampa not too long ago. Well, well, Al, in fairness, and I, I do want to bring this up because I this is a fun narrative for me. Um, if the Jays end up getting the last wild card spot and take on the Minnesota Twins, the winner of the NL Central, or AL Central, pardon me, AL Central. AL Central, yeah. The Minnesota Twins haven't won a playoff game since 2004. They're about they to. They haven't won a series since 1991 when they won the World Series. That I don't know if that'll happen. But I will say this. The Twins will win one game if it ends up being that matchup. I actually like Tampa Bay against Toronto more because for some reason, I mean, you look at the last Tampa series. Well, okay, actually, no. Uh, you know what? Here's how it's going to go. Oh, he's going to pause himself. Here we go. Here's how it's going to go, Spencer. Look at what happened in the Bronx. Look at what happened in New York. I thought the Jays were going to walk into the Yankee Stadium and get absolutely murked. Didn't happen. 
I thought Tampa was going to, you know, somewhat, you know, put up a fight at Tropicana Field. They didn't. What if this is just going to be a reverse of what happened? I mean, I don't know if the, the Jays need to win tonight. They don't win tonight. I'm very concerned because I think Tampa's going to take two or three or however many games they have. Is it three or four? They have four games left, one more against New York, and then a three-game set at home yeah. against Tampa. Yeah, and I could totally – okay, so I could totally see Tampa take two or three. And if, if Toronto wins tonight, Tampa's taking two or three against Toronto. Easy. It's right there. I'm not saying, look, I'm not scripting. I'm not saying it's just so obvious. The Jays cannot be consistent for very long. And it's funny. <laughs> they play better on the road, which does not make sense. But I don't blame them because it's just as hostile as at home than it is on the road right now. It is. I think that's exactly the point now is it's just it's such an environment right now in Toronto for all the sports teams, including the Raptors right now with what's going on there. And again, we'll get to that in a second with Damian Lillard trade is, you know, the Leafs always have the circus around them, always have the media around them, always have the, you know, why aren't they doing better? Why aren't they doing well in the playoffs? Is it Keith? Oh, is it Shanahan? Is it, you know, the fingers get pointed around the entire organization. The Jays are just starting that. Like the, yeah, the well, Leafs exactly. have been in that phase for the last three or four years now. But the don't Jays get me wrong. Are getting to that point where now you're starting to point the fingers at, is it Shapiro? Is it the GM? Whatever his name is. Is it's it everybody? It, you it's know, everyone's is, 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 is it Schneider? I, that's what I mean, though. That right entire now, organization what... is a joke. It's well, not an okay on paper. Yes. Great roster. Why it didn't work. I don't know why they didn't do anything when they saw it wasn't going to work. AKA before the all-star break. That is what frustrates me the most. And the the thing, okay, and the Le- uh, what I was gonna say while you're saying how like the Jays are starting to get the return, the Leafs are gonna get the return. They'll they'll be back in the spotlight without a doubt. Once this season ends, Jays are gonna be an afterthought, and it's gonna be all right. Let's go back to these guys. Let's see what they could do. Like, cause the thing is, the right now the way the Toronto market works, if you're a dud roster, no one's paying attention to you. You know what the worst part is? The Toronto Argonauts are the best franchise right now in MLSE. I mean, they're basically undefeated. They are, uh, from what I remember, I think they're what yeah. twelve and one right now. Yeah, they got one loss, and they're having the best season in the best season in franchise history. And and again, I want to make I want to point out to yes, I know the Blue Jays are not part of MLSC. I'm just saying they're the best Toronto franchise. Including, they are the, yeah, in, the, including TFC, yes. who have been hot garbage last couple of years. Yep, since they went on those two championship runs against the Seattle Sounders, Sounders, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Sounders. It's, I was going to say Thunderbirds, but I was like, no, that's hockey. Um, yeah. So it is Sounders, but like after that two championship run garbage and they were paying a guy, uh, in Lorenzo Insigne, like 15 million to play and (laughs) they're still garbage. But, uh, my point being the way, you know what? I'm not saying Toronto fans are bandwagons, but they're tired of shit franchises. They've they're it, Toronto is they got a taste of what it's like to win. They got a reminder of what it's like to win with the Raptors. And now people just want more of that. And nothing is being done to achieve that. Alex Anthopoulos was on to something. Something went down within the Rogers corporate heads. And that's why he left. 
And now he's in, I think he's still Atlanta. And look how good they are right now. With six consecutive National League freaking titles. World Series. He's got all the young guys we talked about. Spencer Strider. Sorry, Michael not National Harris. League titles. Uh, the division. Division titles. Not, uh, Nash, not National NL, NL titles. NL East titles, yeah. So they were on to something. He left, and then, boom, it hit the fan. Not surprisingly, because... Anthopolis knew what he was doing. I'm going to, I'm still going to stand by this. I think he's one of the best general manager or yeah, GMs of all time. He made, you look at the success Toronto had before, or sorry, after Joe Carter, that's Anthopolis's work. Other than the world series titles, like Anthopolis is up there. Actually, he's standing alone in my opinion, because before the the world, uh, sorry, after the World Series run, nothing was really happening. And then you know a guy like Anthopolis comes in, and then all of a sudden, oh, the Jays are back. The Jays are back. Whoa, they're starting to sell out crowds. Holy crap, they're selling out every single game during the summer. Like people from all over the country are coming to watch. You know there was a buzz. This year there was that same buzz. The only problem is. It was disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, and fans are just tired of it. And I don't blame them, because the Blue Jays are like, the boys of summer are like the distraction from hockey. You know, the Leafs do what the Leafs do in the winter. And it's like, almost like, you know, the Jays is like, okay, you know what, at least we're all right with this major franchise. You know, it's like your your therapy a little bit, if you will. Oh, you know, the Leafs blew this lead or the Leafs did this. The Leafs did that. That's fine because the Jays will make up for it by X amount of clutch wins, X amount of highlight reel home runs or like whatever. They'll just by they'll, they'll just it's, it'll be a distraction. But this time it's frustration after frustration. You know, the Leafs pissed you off by losing to Florida. And then having Radko Gudis yell in Joseph Wool's face. That will always stick with me. That's what made me that mad. Photo? Like, that photo? That's yeah, going to that, In that Florida, is, that's going to be the most iconic photo beside Ali screaming But the down worst at part is, dude, Liston. the worst part is it's because it's a guy that's no one. Where is Radko now? Arizona? Is he? I can't remember if he got dealt or not. He did. I okay. saw a tweet the other day. He was like, I think it was... I think it's Arizona, and they're, like, hyping him up on their Twitter feed, and I'm like, oh, my God, the best thing you've got going on your franchise is Radko Gudis. Oh, my goodness. No, I th- he went to Anaheim. Oh, it was the Ducks. Never mind. It was the Ducks. Simil- uh, not <laughs> similar, uh, so similar area, though. Similar, similar geography. It's a hot spot. It's a hot spot. Uh, yeah, it was the Ducks. I saw, <laughs> I saw their tweet. They're like, I don't know what they said. Something about Gudis. Like, I don't oh, even what? think he laid... Well, they haven't signed he... their best player yet in Trevor Zegras, so I mean, we get Ratko in, Zegras out. Seems like a pretty good trade to me, huh? Drysdale's not signed either. Oh lord. So it's like, needed. well, Drysdale was actually skating here in Toronto. He was at, um, he was skating with the the TMU Bold the other day. There was a video on Twitter. He was getting reps in with them because, well, he's got no contract. Um, but yeah, so they were hype. Yeah, it was the Ducks. The Ducks hyped up Gudis, like, and it wasn't a thing, like. I think there was like a hit. I think they were playing the Kings and there was like a hit. And then Gudis was trying to get into like someone's face, but like it went nowhere. And then they just skated away and the video ended. And then the ducks were like, Oh, you know, we got like, I don't know what it was. It was just something about hyping up like that. They have Radko Gudis. And I'm like, yeah, bum. 
an absolute bum. That's the frustrating well, part about losing to Florida. Went farther than you in the playoffs. Sure, no, for sure. I'm I'm not denying that. I'm just saying. Oh, he went further. My ass. He's like a Patrick Maroon. Maroon didn't like do crap with Tampa to win a cup. He just he was there. Oh, well, now sometimes all you gotta be is there. I know, but like I'm just saying, it's like, yo, congratulations. Like you have Radko Gudis. Like what do you do in the playoffs other than an obvious interference call that should have been called? That wasn't, and then next thing you know, he screams into a rookie goaltender's face. It's like, congratulations, tough guy. Like, good for you. Anyways, this wasn't where I was trying to go at all. All I'm trying to say is there is frustration with, there is legitimate frustration from the Jays. And it's not just the Jays. Like, the thing is, like, the the, the franchise did a really good job of growing the game for casual fans this summer. Now those casual fans are potentially hockey fans that couldn't give a crap about baseball, but they're like, hey, these guys have a good roster. They're making a lot of noise. Let's go watch. And then it's like, uh, wait a minute. Why, 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 why does it feel like I'm back at Scotiabank here? Like, what, what is, what is this? What is going on here? This isn't how it's supposed to go. And to to segue into my next point of topic here, being Brandon and Belt coming out to the media saying, we need the fans to be loud. We need the fans to cheer. Buddy, they're not going to cheer. I'm sorry. I am not cheering for a shit product that I know is guaranteed to go hot and then super cold and disappoint. Like, you go hot for five, you go cold for six. Like, that's what th- that that is the Jays in a nutshell this year. You go hot for three, you go cold for four. You oh. go, like, pick a number. I, Look I at it right to. now. Look at right now what's going on. They won five. They're losing three right now. They're gonna. They might get swept tonight. And they, I'm not. They're gonna win to get like the nine. I didn't say the nine and eight record for no reason. That's how the Jays have been all year. And if you still haven't bought into that, at this point, I'm just starting to think you're there to watch the game and you're just there to be out there. Because if you think the Jays were gonna like. Oh. Anyways, I say this all the time. This is the fourth or fifth episode where I say the exact same thing. If you expected more out of the Jays this season, especially after the All-Star break, you are not paying attention. You're not. You really are a broken record, Al. You really are. I I really am. And I hate to be because I know, like, for whoever is listening to this consistently is going, yeah, we know. Like, I have. But the thing is, I have nothing new to say because there is nothing new to to say. The only new thing I have to say right now about the Jays is that John Schneider should not throw Jordan Romano unless it's a closing situation and it should be Jordan Hicks. Even then, like, I don't care. Of course, the athlete's going to tell you he's good to go. Like, okay, so for those of you who don't know this, Romano's dealing with, like, a fingernail or, like, a split fingernail issue, whatever. Nothing, like, serious that'll sideline him. Romano's, well, I don't know. I don't know now. It might be BS. But Romano told Schneider, oh, no, I can still pitch. I can still get the work done. And what does he do? Nope. Non-closing situation, tie ball game, fumbles it. And then you read the tweets, of course. Oh, well, why didn't Schneider go to Jordan Hicks? And again, I've said this before, too. If a, if fans could manage a game better than the actual manager, what are you doing? I like the part when John Gibbons would manage. The only thing I hated about John Gibbons when he was managing was he just left his pitchers in for too long. He gave too much faith. Like too much confidence in his guys sometimes. Where it was like, oh man, like you know, read the signs a little bit. Like, come on, you should know this by now. 
You've been doing it all year. That was the only issue. He left pitchers into the game too long, and then uh, and that's the an J- old style then, of management too. Way out, like especially with like the way we're going into analytics. So it's always like pull a guy before you get to that that third run through of the order and stuff like that. So yeah, that is definitely more of an old mindset. So yeah, for sure. So like, but the thing is, as soon as Gibby would pull his guy, then it was like, okay, we're good. He finally woke up. Like he got him out. We're good. Like it's gonna be tougher and it's gonna be a tighter game to get out of. But at least you know, like, okay, he did it. We're good now. That was the only issue with John Gibbons. Whereas John Schneider, it's like, dude, you do not know how to use your roster. And at the same time, I don't think your roster, I think your roster knows you suck at using them. So they don't like playing for you. But at the same time, when they know they got to play because they're going to play for themselves, because as an athlete, you got to want to (laughs) win. So it's like, you know, then they can't play. Then when they want to play for themselves, they can't play clutch because they're so jacked up in their heads that they got to be a hero every freaking time. But anyways, I've said this many, many times. I'm not going to continue on any longer. I tweeted out something yesterday, and this is how I'm going to wrap this up in a little bow before we continue. I'm going to read this tweet. This will be the last thing I say, and you can comment on it or not. So Keegan Matheson tweeted this out yesterday. This was before the end of the game two of the Yankees and Jays before they lost. Through the first 15 innings of the series against an already eliminated Yankees, the Blue Jays have zero runs on four hits. And then I believe that changed to through 18 innings, no no runs on six hits. I tweeted out this morning, the writing is on the wall for how this season is going to end. It's either they don't get in or they get swept in the wildcard series. All in all, change is coming once the offseason shows up. Just flat-out embarrassing baseball. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Ooh, hitting them with the classic mom line or dad line in the car that's, after that's, the that's game. That's definitely, that's definitely a mom mad, line. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. It's definitely a mom line. But That's a hard one, Al. But that's what it is. Like, seriously. And And, and again, like... To what I was saying about Brandon Belt, like this was he he said this last night to Hazel May before the game. We need the fans to be loud. These are important games for us. Yeah, right. I'm not cheering for you guys. <laughs> I'll go to the game, but I'm not cheering until you guys like. Yeah, I'll be drunk eating hot dogs. No chance of cheering you, for no, you. No, but you're not safe. You're not safe. You go to a Jays game. It's like, you know, you can feel the tension in the building. Like. Fan, fan, Toronto fans are tired of being disappointed. Toronto fans are done being that Toronto stereotype of, oh, the Jays leafed, or, oh, the Leafs leafed, or, like, just the, the fact that Toronto franchise can have each other as butts of every, butt ends of every jokes is a joke. That is a joke alone. And I think fans are finally just done. And for those fans that are finally like that are there that are there at that point, I want to know what took you so long. Like, what took you so long? Why did it? I understand. Yes, I'm I'm a little more negative than others are when it comes to my sports teams and my sports in general. I get that. But again, I also like to say I'm not negative. I'm just realistic. You're just the one that's not smelling the coffee yet. Oh, so no, you're a, you're a hater, Al. 
you, you, you are a hater. It's okay. I just hate bad products, and I hate when I okay. I think it's also because I'm also the kind of guy where if I'm not happy in my life, I'm gonna do something about it. I'm gonna try to change it. If you're not happy, guess what? Get off your ass. Do something. Whereas these teams here, like, okay, I'm sure Atkins and Shapiro aren't just sitting there going, yeah, we're happy with this pressure and blah, blah, blah. Like, the fact that tickets went on sale today for the AL wildcard and people are laughing about it, nobody wants to go. People are going to go anyways because, like, hey, playoff baseball, why not? It's a different vibe for sure, especially in Canada. But it's not going to be the same as it was in 15-16. No, no. Especially after with the product, after what happened with Seattle last year. No way. This is fans that are going to go, but like they're going to go with caution. Let me tell you something. You lose that wild card series if you get in. You are getting absolutely torched. You're not going to get the same turnout next season. You're not going to get the same. It's not, Things are going to be dark and gloomy for the Jays next year if things don't go well. They need to. If they get in, they got to win. They got to. Because let me tell you, this fan base is about to quit on them. And it's going to go back to what it was in the early 2010s when... You know, you barely got 15,000 people out every game. Like, Jose Bautista hit his 54. Bautista got 54, right? That was the most he's ever hit in his career. Yeah, 54. He hit his 54th homer. There was nobody there to see it. I don't even think they were pushing 30,000 that night when when he did that. And I think it's going to go back to that with the Jays. And guess what? If nobody's showing up, people are going to leave. You don't want to play for a meaningless market. Especially in baseball. Baseball players hate it. Unless you're getting the money. Like, you know, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. Yeah, like, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. Like, they went to Texas. I was like, what are you guys doing? Texas sucks. But they stayed patient. Now look at Texas now. They're great. And, you know, then you look at Mike Trout. Why does he leave L.A.? He's got the bag. Why does he care? I mean, eventually, he. I hope he cares that he wants to win a World Series, but... And he that he does leave because I think it would change the landscape of baseball a little bit, make things interesting. But I think he's yeah. worried of leaving and going to a worse situation. It's or, easier to deal with the or, one you know. Or you leave thinking you're going to a better situation, and then like you know, like Eric, like like Bryce Harper leaves yeah. the Nationals, goes to the Phillies next year, Nationals win the World Series, right? Like you you never want to be that guy. No, exactly, but it's also, like, again, it's sports. You never know, but the, it does happen. So, yes, I agree with you on that one. But, like, my point is the fans are done. Toronto fans in general – sorry, in generals. <laughs> wow. Toronto fans in general are done. They are fed up. The Raptors, which we'll get to in a, in a minute, I know, or at some point, are a joke. They are, especially after the whole – Lillard thing, but I don't entirely think that's on them. I just think, anyways, we'll get to that. The Jays, you know, they went through, the thing with the Jays is they're supposed to be a World Series contender right now. The timeline that was drawn up, and it, it, we were on our, they were, sorry, we, well, I could say we, I'm with Rogers. We were on our way. Hey, you're part of MLSE. Yeah, I could say that too. We were on our way. You know, hey, 2020, 2021, lower your expectations. We're not going to be good. This is where there's going to be pain. By 2021, 22, we're going to contend again. And then by 23, 24, World Series. But here's the thing. They did that, and now they're at the point where it was supposed to be contention, and they're not contending. They're not where you want them to be. Well, they're not where they say they were going to be. And that's the thing. Like, baseball is one of those where you can't say, yeah, we're going to be here, and we're going to be there. It's true, because look at well, – mm, no, because San Diego is a bad example. San Diego should have had at least three rings by now. But uh. – 
You'd think, and now they're cutting payroll, so I guess we'll find yeah. out. Yeah, but, you know, baseball, it's one of those where, like, you have the – it's it's like basketball. You have the guys. You have that, that dream team. You have that super team. You're good. You're good, unless you're the Brooklyn Nets. But that's just because Kyrie Irving sucks. But, um, you know, it's one of those sports where you can say with confidence – that if they have X amount of players or certain key pieces, it should work. And most of the time it does. The Astros did it. The Dodgers did it. The Braves did it. You know, I think for me, the only team that won a world series recently that didn't really have all the pieces that like said world series title was when the nationals lost Bryce Harper. That's the only roster I can think of where I was like, okay, didn't really see that coming. Didn't see that panning out. But to, to, again, I said I was going to put a bow on this like five minutes ago. I'm actually going to do it now. Uh, I'm going to be a man of my word this time. Toronto fans are done. They're done. You're done. They, no, they're done. It, you see it. I've never seen the Jays get booed this much at home in a season, and I don't know how long. They weren't even getting booed that much when they were bad, like when Shapiro and Atkins first took over. Don't get me wrong. The stadiums were empty because of COVID. But like even then on social media, like no one was mad. Everyone knew. Everyone knew like, OK, we're, we're going to be bad. Like we could be patient. They were patient. They were waiting. This is what they were waiting for. The year, a year like this where they had a roster of this magnitude. And now it's like, oh, wait a minute. And again, before the All-Star break, they knew it wasn't working. Nothing was done. And the way this team is being managed right now, also bad. That they're tired. And once the Jays season's over, it's back to the Leafs. All right. You know, let's put some, let's get it some hope. Ends. It never ends, Al. It does not. And no one, and the thing is, like, the Raptors was, well, there was no really, there wasn't really any history other than the fact that, like, they couldn't. It was make an it anomaly. Of, yeah. They couldn't make it out of a conference final. But, like, they were still doing enough to, like, keep the fans interested and keep the fans hooked. And then when they won it, it was like, finally, we did it. Like, yes, we're a part of – we could finally say we won a championship. You know, it was a great feeling. It wasn't one of those – it wasn't the same kind of relief you'd get if the Leafs win the Cup or the Jays win the World Series in terms of, like, oh, we finally did it again. We finally got the monkey off. We finally got back to it. No, the Raptors were more like, man, what a feeling. So this is what it feels like. It was kind of like a reminder of what it was like when the Jays won the World Series for the first time. I wasn't there, so I don't know what it was like. But if I had to guess, I'd say it was, it's not Maybe. a bad comparison. So, but for this now, it's like Toronto FC can win X amount of MLS Cups. Yeah, it'll be nice to cheer them on, but no one's going to give a shit a month afterwards. No one's going to talk about it. The Toronto Argos can win the next five great cups. No one's going to give a shit. Maybe for a week. You know, they'll have a little parade, the little thing, but then it'll be an afterthought. No one will care. What's one thing Toronto fans talk about the most right now, if you were to, like, look at all the teams? Leafs have been losers since 67. Raptors won in 2019. It was the best thing ever. And touch them all, Joe. That's it. That's it. That was the last time Toronto fans were actually happy. 
when, like I said, and you can't say I'm wrong. No one gives a shit about Toronto FC. No one gives a shit about the Toronto Argos. Yeah, there's fans that show up. Yes, there are fans of the game. But, like, at the end of the day, like, Toronto itself, Canada itself does not give a crap. Whereas this here is, like, this is huge. Canada gives a crap about this team. Not, not only that, out the Leafs haven't won. So in perspective, 67, the Leafs have not won with more than six teams in the NHL. They have never won a cup without being in the just original six. Yeah. No, I know. Well, yeah, I know you're right. Yep. Nope. But that's the thing. Fans are fans are tired. I you could say it's just me, but it's if it it is not just me. There is no way in hell, man. The way the J, the Jays fans have been reacting and the boos and all that, like they're tired of losing and they're tired because let's be real, eventually conversations you have with other fan bases and like people that you know cheer for other teams, like they take a toll on you. Like it's yeah, it's funny to laugh about the Leafs and you know, the odd joke here and there, oh, you're losers since 67. But like sometimes at one point you're just like, can I not be the butt end of a joke just for one second? Like, can I finally get to gloat once in a while? And that's one thing, like, I will say this, like when the Leafs made it out of the first round, huh? My favorite thing was, oh, go, oh, go win a first round. Go win. I don't have to hear that ever again. Guess what? I did. What'd you do? Right? So it's nice, but now it's like, going back already and fans haven't really had the time to enjoy anything because it's frustrating. So, you know, Brandon Belt, I'm sorry, but like no one gives a shit. They're done. Um, they're done with false hope. Even the other night when the Leafs lost in overtime to Ottawa, tied the game up with four seconds. Building was buzzing. Get scored on and it's like, oh, there's the team we know and love. And you kind of knew it was going to happen too, but we'll, yeah, you said you wanted to finish with the Leafs at the end of the podcast, so I'll shut my mouth and we can move on now. But the Jays, man, if you're still hanging on, if you're still hoping this team does something special, well, let me tell you, kid, the Tooth Fairy doesn't exist. Well, geez, Al, well, that's very nice. You know, hopefully, hopefully no one with, 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 uh, with young years listen to that. Jeez. Anyway, we will now move on from Al's therapy session. Yeah, thanks for coming to my and, TED Talk. And, and we'll go over to the Damian Lillard trade. So if you didn't listen to Polar Opposites at the episode yesterday, I will plug it again. You definitely should go out and check it out. Cage and I had a lot of fun with the with the Lillard trade and how he liked it for everybody. So the trade goes as follows. The Milwaukee Bucks receive Damian Lillard. The Portland Trailblazers get Drew Holiday. DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, and three first-round picks, one unprotected first-rounder in 2029, and two pick swaps in 2028 and 2030, meaning whoever has the better first-round pick for between the Bucks and the Blazers, the Blazers can switch, swap the pick and take it. So if the Bucks have a better pick, they can take it and swap their picks. And if their pick's better, they can just stay pat. And the Suns receive, as you heard, the Suns were the third team in this trade. They get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. And Cajun and I loved it for everybody because everyone got what they wanted. Suns got bench help. Blazers got some really good pieces for a guy who didn't want to be there. 
and the Bucks got Damian Lillard. So, Al, what did you think of the trade? Because I know you're going to be looking at Milwaukee right now with Giannis, Lillard, and Middleton and thinking NBA title or bust. Yeah, I'll be surprised if they don't get something done. I mean, Dame Lillard and Giannis are going to be absolutely insane, and I I don't think this is going to be like another Brooklyn Nets situation where you you know you get a superstar and then it just doesn't pan out. I think you just had too many egos on that Nets roster, Kyrie Irving and James Harden, because Kevin Durant went to Golden State, and Kevin Durant was your ego, but Thompson and Curry were kind of like your, you know they they weren't really egotistical guys; they were just there to play ball and win. But the so like there was a balance. Whereas I like it for Milwaukee. I like it a lot. The one thing I didn't like was just how wrong the reports were. And how I can't believe I got suckered into the thought that, yeah, Dame Lillard could potentially be a Raptor. Or Dame Lillard could very well be gone to Miami. Like, so many people dropped the ball on this. It's not even funny. But guess who? I I was so happy when Adrian Wojnarowski broke that trade. I was so happy because I was like, that was a reminder. Like, if you're going to listen to any crap in basketball, unless it comes out of that man's mouth, I wouldn't fully believe it. That was my, I was mad. I was like, my first, I wasn't mad. But like, my first thought was like, oh, like the Raptors and the Heat are front runners for Dame Lillard. Traded to Milwaukee. Like, good one, guys. Wow. You guys are really good at your job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not an insider. I like, and I never will be probably like, you know what? I, I, I'm not saying like, the, yes, people are very good at their jobs, but I'm just saying like, like, boy, like you read the room real good there. Like, gotta be like, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, mill, mill, walk, mill, mill, walk to, 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 to my, my, oh my, well, that sounds a little close. Okay. Yeah. You know, Milwaukee and Toronto sound a little different there, bud. Just a little. There's a little bit of a difference. Milwater. You know what? It doesn't even sound the same. Like, that was my thought. I was like, were you drunk when you heard this rumor? Like, that was awful. That was just terrible media work in general. Like, even for me, I was like, what the hell? I mean, if I tweet out that I think he's going to the Raptors, that's just me, you know, being hopeful, a Raptors hopeful and hoping the Raptors, you know, make a splash and something gets done because, like, let's be real. This season's going to be a long-ass season. <laughs> the Raptors are <laughs> I don't think the Raptors are even making the playoffs this year. Again. So, well maybe they make the play in, but I don't know. I get some something tells me they're that whole it still feels like a running back kind of situation and it's like, "Eh, whatever." Like Raptors are kind of the Jays a little bit too. It's like, "Oh, you know there's something wrong with your product, but yeah, you're going to roll with it anyways." Like, <laughs> "Okay. Let me know how that goes." You know? But anyways, the, I like the trade for Milwaukee. I think Lillard and Giannis are going to be absolutely nasty. I don't know what you and Cajun think, but... Oh, yeah. Um, no, they're going to be... Oh, yeah, it's it's going to be gross. How, how, how are you going to guard those two? It, it's Giannis gross. Giannis is so good in the paint near the rim, and Lillard is such a good spacer because he can... You have to he guard basically half... He's basically... Half no court. offense to Steph Curry, but he is that type of player with, with his range. It's you game have time. to guard him from basically half court. See, so, Curry, Curry is like one of those guys where he can hit the threes at any point in the game, but you, you're going to give the ball to someone, you're going to put it in Lillard's hands. I think. If the game's on the line, Damian Lillard's your guy with the ball. Well, everyone will remember that shot over Paul George from like 38 feet. That's what I'm that talking no about. No one thought he was going to take. And That's I what I'm talking Paul about. Paul George, who said on his podcast, 
was a bad shot. It was, it was a bad shot. Any coach will tell you that was a bad shot. But the reality is a bad shot in. for me is not a bad shot for Damian Lillard. Okay, no, that, that, exactly. that, that's the disconnect here. Yeah. But anyway, so that's I, – I really like this. I think Milwaukee is going to – I think they're the kings of the East. I don't care how good Philly is. I think Milwaukee's – they – yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Title or bust. But for me, what the whole thing about this trade was, was that there was so much buildup. And I know Toronto media, like even when they built up Kawhi potentially re-signing with the Raptors and like he, he stayed in that old conversation. Like, yeah, that was – that made sense because he won. So there, it made sense to hype up like, oh, he might stay or whatever. But even when he went home, it was like, you know what? Like, that's cool. We're good. Whereas now I'm like, okay, I'm mad in general because so many people ran this even outside the Toronto market. And I'm like, boy, did you read that wrong? And I'm not a basketball guy. So for me, it was like, okay, I know there's people that cover ba- that are very good at covering basketball here in Canada. And there's very good people that covering, you know who your, your sources are. You know who you can trust. And when there were sources saying, you know, I'm not going to name drop anybody, but there were sources saying, oh, it's likely that they're the front runners. I, I bought into it. I don't cover, but I don't know basketball enough. So like for me, I, I do trust my reporters that I trust to give me, you know, the, the good the stuff. Heat, the like for hockey, like, okay, for hockey, it's, I create my own thoughts a bit more, but that's just because I, I watch it and like, it's my bread and butter. So like for me, I can, I guess. I try to decide more whether it's legit or not, but like Adrian Wojnarowski is the Elliot Friedman of basketball. In my opinion. So I only thought about it afterwards when I saw the trade went through, but I was like, man, why didn't I just check in on him? Like, because so many other people, Adrian Wojnarowski does not tweet something unless it's legit. Whereas like, and then most of the time people follow suit and then they'll check in on their own sources and then they'll be like, oh yeah, I, I like can confirm that he is right. And then it's like, okay. But now there are guys that I usually go check for like secondary or even third, like, you know, fact checks that were tweeting out these rumors or the so-called front runner stuff. And I bought into it because I was like, well, I don't know basketball. I don't know what opinion to take on this. I don't know if it's legit, but I know it. I know the Damian Lillard to Toronto had been talked about prior to the end of last season, and I know that Damian Lillard going to Miami was also a, a discussion during the playoffs. So for me, I was like, okay, it makes sense. Or like, okay, I'll trust this. But then I'm like, Milwaukee, what? Like, talk about just coming straight out of left field. I did not have Milwaukee. Did, did you have Milwaukee on your bingo card? I, I sure as shit didn't. And the reason why Milwaukee is such a shock, and again, Cage and I did go over this, but I, I went with you, of course, Al, because it's an important fact that the reason why this Lillard trade worked is because they traded away Drew Holiday. When you looked at teams that needed a point guard, needed a guard that fit Lillard's skill set, Milwaukee doesn't fit because they already have Drew Holiday, who's an all-star, who's a really good basketball player, who's great defensively, has different things he's really good at. Other than Damian Lillard. So the reason why this trade is shocking is because they upgraded Holiday for Lillard. He, he is an upgrade. As much as I think the world through Holiday know how good he is defensively, I know that the reality is, is Lillard's a better offensive player, and it's not close, no offense to Drew, and that would propel 
the Milwaukee Bucks upward with how good their defense is anyway without Drew Holiday with Giannis and Brooke Lopez, as KJ mentioned yesterday. So that was the shock. And that's where KJ and I brought our attention to James Harden. Where does he go now? Does some team do the same thing that Milwaukee just did and upgrade? But who actually can upgrade with James Harden? With his age yeah, and especially his declining cons- ability yeah, yeah, considering, and, and his yeah, progeny, kind of unlikable personality now with switching teams almost every other year. Like, it, who needs him type of thing? And that's why Milwaukee is a shock. And not only because they're a small market and no one talks about them and ESPN and Fox and all the big conglomerates never talk about small market teams like Utah or Milwaukee, etc. Even when Which they're is good, interesting because, like, yeah, it might be them. a small market, but, like, it's a small market, but like you got Giannis over there. Like, yep, and they still don't talk about him. Biggest name, ever. one of the, one of the, if not the biggest name in the game right now. Well, my, arguably one well, of the best players, arguably the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're gonna mention a few other, like Luka Doncic is not far behind him. Oh no, but and I don't think he's the best player in the world, but arguably he's the best player in the world. Yes. Like I would not argue with, like if you think he is, I wouldn't argue with you. I think it's Nikola Jokic, and I don't think it's close. No, I, I yeah, I agree. To the the yeah. best players in the NBA, but regardless. You know, and the Denver Nuggets don't get talked about. Remember, Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship. Next day, LeBron James, I may retire. All of a sudden, all the headlines, LA Lakers. All of them. Yep. There was not one thing about the Knicks or the Knicks, pardon me, the Nuggets winning the NBA championship. Yep. That, that's, but anyways, that's the cycle. So that was the thing that frustrated me out of the whole process was like that it actually felt like Toronto had a chance, that Messiah was going to do something. Well, it sounds and then like you, they did from and reports then, and, after the fact. Well, no, and then you start reading. Um, tweets and stuff, or sorry, X's. That sounds even dumber. Um, that Jupiter. that um, Masai Ujiri is up there. So there's word that's out that I forgot. I don't know if it was a former GM, but uh, let's just say former NBA executive. Let's say okay. that told a reporter, "Don't I forget who? I didn't save the tweet or anything because I didn't really think I'd go this far in depth on basketball, but here I am." Um, Here we are. That said, Masai Ujiri is kind of like the guy you have in your fantasy league that will make a bunch of trade offers and then cancel them. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. That was the quote I read, and I was like, ooh. And I was like, I kind of see that. But I was also like, you know what? Masai, though, is one of those guys where it's like, I don't have time. You making the deal or not? No? Okay, cool. Bye. See ya. On to the next, which I respect that in a, in a way because, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you can't see this is a good trade or whatever, then I'm going to go <laughs> to someone else who actually has a set of eyes. Now, I don't know what was offered. So like maybe they were bad trade deal offers in general. I'm assuming Scotty Barnes was probably asked for even OG. And I, I read that OG was a piece that they didn't want to move, which I don't blame him because I really like OG, but I also like really like Scotty Barnes, anybody else go ahead. But you know, um, so I read that, but like that was the disappointing thing for me was just that like, you know, it felt legit. Like Toronto had a legitimate chance. You know, usually when you read that so from so many people that a team's a front runner, especially when it's a Toronto team, it kind of means it's gonna happen. And then the fact that it didn't just really bummed me out. And at the same time, like, it just made me go Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, like. Okay, sure. Why the hell not? Like, whatever. I don't care. Like, I'm not, I don't even like dislike Milwaukee, even though, like, they, you know, kind of scared me when they were playing the Raptors in 2019. But, like, you know, I'm not, I don't dislike them and I don't like them. It's just like, okay, 
Milwaukee it is. Giannis and Lillard. I'm okay with Giannis going on a run. I'm okay with it. But yeah, that was that's just really my initial thoughts on the trade. It was just like the Bucks. So Milwaukee. a team that was not mentioned at all to be a front runner is a team that landed Jan or Damian Lillard. Okay. <laughs> like that was it. I was like, what? All right. That doesn't sound like Miami or Toronto, but like, sure. That'd be like, I don't know. Let's think of a hockey trade here. Like, um, um, who's a, who's a player that's like a free agent in recent, in your recent memory that like was supposed to sign with this team and then just went completely. Oh, like, uh, Goudreau, Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, yes. Yes. That is the perfect example. Out of every team. Goes Columbus? to Columbus. Goes to Columbus. Columbus. And honestly, the best part is that that's a perfect example because he's supposed to go to Philly, big market. Supposed to go to um, New York, big market. Goes picks Columbus, the small market. Yeah, no, for exactly. That's what I'm, yeah. That's why it's a perfect comparison. I'm like, it's the same reaction. I was like, okay. The only thing Columbus? is, the only thing is Damian Lillard's going to win something with Milwaukee. Whereas, oh, Goudreau definitely. Like, you know, Goudreau is like, yeah. Eh, it's it's championship or bust right now for Milwaukee. Absolutely, and, without a doubt. I don't. And, I expect nothing but dominance from them. I honestly, I think they might shift the regular season. I think they'll come in in the East, maybe second or third, and then they're just gonna walk the playoffs. I think they're gonna they're gonna do what the super teams do. Is they're gonna sit their guys, they're gonna rest them, and make sure they don't get hurt. You know more than they normally do. You know, and then yeah, they're don't gonna, forget there's a rule that says you can't do that now. Well, relative. You got it, more. It, you got more than one superstar now on the team. Like, you know, but, that, but it's, that, it, it is relative though. Like, they're still. Their teams are still going to circumvent yeah, it. Be teams fine. are still going to do For it, sure. right? So I just think they're going to sit the guys a little more than usual, and because of that, I think they're going to be a two or three seed in the East. Maybe not first, but close. And then they're going to walk the playoffs because they're just going to be so much better, and they're going to be so hard to defend. And how do you stop as long those as, guys? And as long as Joel Embiid doesn't win anything, I'll be happy. Well, he won't. Don't worry about it. Good. And then all is all is well in basketball then. And if the Raptors can surprise me this year and prove me wrong, that'd be great. But I doubt it. I think Raptors are still going to be exactly what they were last year. I doubt it as well. But well, yes, we'll have to see. And now we'll finish up with the NHL. So Al, yeah. you want to talk about the Leafs? You've been basically chomping at the bit talk about the Leafs, Al. So we can talk about the we can talk about the ruddy Leafs. Well, I've been chomping at the bit because like I got to skate on the same ice as Austin Matthews the other night, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty cool. And uh, they, lost. they lost. They, they, they oh, lost. They lost. So you're so you're bad luck. Okay, well, that's good to know. Uh, no, I'm not bad luck, Spencer. That's actually the first time I see the Leafs lose inside Scotiabank Arena. So, well, do you see your bad luck now? Okay, okay. Well, so you can't you can't work for him and me in the same rank. Okay, it's just it's bad, bad juju's. So, um, uh, NHL players are monsters. They are Obviously. gigantic. Like they are all. You're, you're also they are, just short. No, but they are all. No, no, dude. Like they are all. Even the goalies. Like Joseph Wool is huge. Martin Jones is a big man. Um, I will say this. Sogard for the Ottawa Senators, massive. Didn't Guys, I did not huge. I did not think he was that big. Oh, he's massive. He's like six seven. Six. He's, he's Ben Bishop, kid. dude. Yeah, he's a big kid. He's insane. I'm like, how do you score on this guy? And sure enough, they got three on him. I was like, what the hell? But I was like, how? Okay, so I don't play professional hockey. 
Oh, this, yeah. Well, I mean, I can't believe I ever thought I was going to play. Like, how did Nathan Gerby survive in the league for that long? Because he, he, he was a scrappy player, Al. But he was 5'4". I know, just like you and I. I'm taller than him. Oh, no, you're not. We are taller than Nathan Gerby, Spencer. No, you are no. not 5'4". You're I lying wish, to yourself. I wish I was taller than Nathan Gerby, and I bet you I'm not. Someone told me they thought I was five nine the other day, so you know well, what? And 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 you definitely were wearing you were wearing stilettos that day. You were in three inch pumps. Yeah, whatever. That you still had to tell from your girlfriend. Funny. <laughs> um. Anyways. So, oh my god, my headset keeps falling off, and I'm gonna lose it. You have it go. to lose. There we go. We're good now. I think. Good now. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So. Um, before I get into the game and like my, my vibes on the team, and there's not much to note other than I really just remind me to talk about Easton Cowan and Connor Timmons. That's all I got to say. So we go out there to shovel and I black out like the first one. Like, I don't really remember what it was like to go on the ice, but then as this game went on, I got to more comfortable. And then I started looking up more. Um, at one point I almost ran into Jacob Chikrin. Nice. By the way, the dude is massive. Uh, you, you, you don't need to keep telling us the guys that are like six feet tall on skates are massive. Okay. We it's know. not even that. Like it's their, it's their, uh, they're, they're all top heavy. Like they're, they're wearing shoulder pads. I know, but like, they all look like monsters. Even the refs were like monsters. I'm like, I got to put on at least a hundred pounds of natural muscle here almost just to get a look at the, like get a look from the NA, from the national hockey league. Like these guys were or, or girl like a foot. That would help. Yeah, well, Nah. Nathan Gerby made it to the show. He was 5'4. So you know what? There's hope. Yeah, nah, true. But anyways, so um okay, so I guess yeah, that was that's just my like main takeaway was just like, I it blew my mind on how like everyone was huge. Even Tyler Bertuzzi. Oh yeah. Like I would not mess with that guy. Obviously. But like probably good reason. Yeah. So now, now to the game. They lost two to Ottawa. Eh, whatever. Big deal. Whoopsie. Whoopie-doo. It's preseason. Let me know when it matters, you know, that kind of thing. But at the same time, like, Ottawa's legit. And I and I, I got the vibe from a lot of Leafs fans while I was there the other night that, like, not a lot of people were on that same boat in terms of, like, thinking Ottawa's legit. It's like, uh, Ottawa's good, man. Like, they don't sleep on them. And I um. And obviously, like, winning against Buffalo yesterday was huge because, like, if they would have lost to Buffalo, then I would have been like, okay, come on, guys, like, start winning here. Um, and then for the game in general, like, the, the Leafs, it was disappointing because, like, they weren't playing the greatest, but they were, like, there. They had their chances. They just couldn't bury. Mitch Marner still doesn't know how to shoot a puck, um, which absolutely f- infuriates me. Now that I saw it live for the first time since 2020, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe you didn't shoot that. Um, Easton Cowan having the camp of his life right now with the Leafs. And I was actually surprised because I thought like, I liked the draft pick. I liked where he was picked up, even though people were like, ah, like maybe you should have waited. But like, like analysts were saying like early second round, he was gone. So the Leafs did a good job by picking him up. Like it's kind of, kind of a steal right now, if you will. Um, and he's looked good. Like, I think he's fit. He's fitting in really well. And he looks I don't know if he's NHL ready, but like I'd give him, I'd make, I'd put him on the main roster. I think he's better than Nick Robertson. I really do. Well, I don't think he cares about your opinion from what he said to the media. True. But 
And if you didn't hear that quote quickly before I interrupt your yeah, kind of thought, yeah, I, 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 I didn't he, hear it. He, he he had asked by the media about you know his kind of star dimming, and he said he don't give a blank. Insert swear word here. Yeah, whatever. The fact that he inserted a swear word proves that he cares. Well, no. The Actually, Nick Robertson hype train is done. Ask, depending on who you ask, out means you lack intelligence. I disagree with that thought process almost wholeheartedly, but regardless. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that right now because you swore right off the hop at the beginning of this podcast. So, well, I know. Well, I I got told. <laughs> Al, fun story. I guess we can we can do story time for myself. I was in grade nine gym class, PE, well, and we were well, coming we're out of the back. change room. I was coming out of the change room, changing room, and I uh, said a choice word. Al, you can pick whichever one you like, whatever one's your favorite. And uh, the female P- uh, phys ed teacher could be a male teacher and a female teacher. Obviously, female for the girls and the male for the boys. And um, she heard me. She calls me over. And you know what she says to me, Al? First thing she mm. says to me when she calls me over, because I knew she heard me. I was like, oh, God. Now, of course. I was like 14. Swe- in, insert nine. swear word again. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, the, yeah, in my head, yeah. And she calls me over. And the first thing she says to me, Al, is, do you, Spencer, do you think you're intelligent? And I went, yeah. And, she, and, she, and her next words were, well, cussing makes you not intelligent because it means you can't express yourself properly. And I thought that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But I don't want to argue with you because I don't want to hear this right now. So I just went, oh, okay. And then she set me off. And I was like, Fuck, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> well, I've gone out of my way to cuss more. Well, that's half a lot. I just cuss a lot. But I've gone out of my way now to be way more articulate. So I can prove that not only do I have intelligence, but yes, cussing and my intelligence or my vocabulary have nothing to do with each other. They're actually quite they're actually quite different, in my opinion. But that's some would me. say they're 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 polar opposites. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe. See what I did there? That's pretty good. I, I yeah, I did. I, I like the yeah, I like the plot. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Gotta help so, wherever I can. <laughs> back to Easton Cowan, the most recent first round pick by the Toronto Maple Leafs, who had like four draft picks last year, or I guess this year. Um, yeah, they didn't have many. Any, anything else you saw for ice level? No, well, he looks good. Like he he's looks he's calm with the puck, which is what I like. Cause I thought he'd be like coming into the league. I thought he'd be nervous. Um, I thought he'd be a little finicky, cause like most prospects are, and like he does. I mean, he does give you the vibes that he is still fourteen. Like. You look at him, he does not, that, like, it's a boy amongst men. Imposing, he doesn't have an imposing um, ethos. It's a, it's a boy amongst men right now. That's what it is with Easton Cowan. But the thing is, the boy is hanging with the men right now, and it's going pretty damn good. And like I said, and I read this tweet, it said, it, it said I'd give this guy nine games. Like, you know, don't burn his ELC, his ELC, but, like, you know, I'd give him a look. I think he deserves to get some NHL regular season action, see where it's at and go from there. And back to the, what I was saying about Nick Robertson real quick, that hype train is done. I don't care. He can go, he can, you know, I, I wouldn't care tomorrow if they traded him. It depends on the return, but I wouldn't care. Um, good, good save there. I'll good save. Um, and then the other one is Connor, Connor Timmons. Timmons. Yeah. Who, who had a four point night yeah, yeah, uh, yesterday uh, against Buffalo. It blows my mind how this guy is not uh, on the tops, like on the regular, like on the, on, on the regular defensive pairings, how he's not in the NHL every night. It blows my mind. I don't understand it. Nine game point streak last year. And then he goes on to get benched. 
after signing a two-year contract extension with the team. Thanks to Kyle Dubas, which I really liked that deal. I was like, that's cap friendly. I was like, I think it's fair. I think he'd be really good. Then they set him. And then he comes back this year, basically exactly where he left off. And the fact that there's still analysts, reporters, and saying, oh, Connor Timmons on the bubble. Like, the fact that no one has him in, it's like, why? Why? Like, this, he should, I think Connor Timmons should be a lock for opening night. You know, maybe if he falls off afterwards, fine, cool. You could just send him down. Or, you know, you he's your seventh D and you sit him. Or you rotate him in the lineup. Fine, I don't care. Go ahead. But for me, I, I'm a Connor Timmons advocate this year. I will, he is the guy I will fight for all year long to be in the lineup if there is a defenseman that is shitting the bed on the ice. Because right now, Connor Timmons is showing me that he is Morgan Riley 2.0. Actually, he's what Morgan Riley hasn't been for a while. And that's a production, uh, an offensive production on the defensive side of the game. Playoffs, Morgan Riley was really good. Don't get me wrong. But regular season, Morgan Riley has not been that great in the last few years. But Connor Timmons is giving me those vibes. I think he should be on the ice. And I think this is one of those where you might take Giordano out of the equation once in a while. I think those, that would be who you'd rotate. I'd, let, I'd pair Timmons with Lilligren. Um, defense looks a little shaky. I thought Joseph Wool would have had a better start to camp, but he hasn't. So for me, I think the duel will be Martin Jones, or sorry, Ilya Samsonov and Martin Jones. By the way, where is Ilya Samsonov? He's in hiding. Yeah, because he hasn't played yet. Well, what's the point in playing him? It's preseason. Who cares? True, but, like, you got to get him in soon, don't you? Like, I don't really think so. I don't think there's much of a need. But is anyways, there? so so right now I think it is it will be Samsonov and Martin Jones. And I'm okay with it because I think I've, I've really liked the way Martin Jones has looked. Uh, Joseph Wool. The goals he let in the other night when uh, Ottawa was in town was kind of like, eh, okay, you should have had that one. Like, there was at least two two out of the three they scored on on uh, Wool was like, okay, you should have had those, buddy. Like, you should have had them. It's well, like, he's, you, you, he is really young, so you got to give him some time. Yeah, but then you look at how he played last year with Flor- like against Florida in the playoffs. Like, he looked starter ready. I almost had Joseph Wool taking Samsonov's job, Samsonov's job this year. But again, it's only preseason, so it's like whatever, like fine. But those would be my takeaways. I think offensively, the Leafs will be fine this year. I think defensively, they could potentially go look for something at the deadline. Um, and goaltending wise, I think they'll be they'll be okay unless goalies don't stay healthy. Which is which a thing is in the NHL always the sometimes. Worry. Yes. Which, which is always the worry. Yeah. So that's that's that. Um, there was one more thing I was going towards with uh, the league. Oh, did we talk about William Nylander being moved to center last time on the podcast? I don't think we did, but yeah, that is official. He's been moved to center in uh, okay. in in camp. Here's my thought on that. Well, you have a thought. I don't think they need him to play center. 
The reason why I think they're moving him there is because if William Nylander can put up a 40-goal season while playing center, you know what that means? What Trade mean? stock goes up. Oh, you think they're dealing with him? Oh, yeah. They're not going to pay him whatever the frick he's asking for. Even if he does go off at center, they're going to be like, okay, cool. Now you got you got yourself a 40-goal scorer, and you got a guy who can win draws and play good at center. Yeah. Guess what? I want, like, two first-round picks. I want this guy and this guy, and I want a, a fifth. I think the Leafs are doing this because Tree Living's going, fine, you keep making your... You keep thinking you're a $10 million guy. We'll let you prove it. You're going to play center this year. Prove it to us. If you prove it to us well enough, guess what? We still probably won't sign your ass anyways because we can't afford you. So we're going to trade you, and we're going to bring in three guys that'll make up for the price of one. And on top of that, we're going to get some first-round picks that Bozo that's now working for Pittsburgh traded away so many damn times over the years. I think that's what's going to happen. I think this is the Leafs going fine. He's going to stay at whatever number he's throwing out there. We're going to keep using him for in any situation we can while we still have him for this year. And if his and if he's that good by the deadline, his trade stock will go up. Let's make a deal. I think well, that's I what's going we'll on. Have, I guess we'll have to see if, and if I you're can't right now. And I can't take full credit on this thought because J.D. Bunkus kind of mentioned this in his podcast. Um, okay. I, no, no, no. This is my thought, but I'm piggybacking on like what he was thinking here because he like hinted that there's like a he thinks there's a conspiracy theory with Nylander being moved at center. Okay. And I actually I gotta look this up now because I I want to like make sure that I'm not I I don't want to pair. This is one that I do not want to paraphrase. This is one I want to get right. Um. So bear with me here while I look this up. All right. Da, 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 da. Well, as right. you mentioned that, Al, I will quickly say Connor Timmons, I've been a fan of him since he played in Sault Ste. Marie, and he played for what I think was the greatest line ever created in the OHL that I've ever seen in Morgan Frost, Boris Kachuk, and the traded for Taylor Radish. That was the best line I ever saw. And I did see the Marner to Chuck and uh, Dvorak line, but I thought that Radish, that Radish, Kachuk, and uh, Frost line was just Rose, and they had Connor Timmins on that team. They had Rasmus Sandin on that team. They had Barrett Heaton on that team. They had Jack uh, Kopaka, who was a good OHLer on that team. They had Matthew Valletta, who's played some uh, played some preseason games this year. Um, and then that team, that 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 Sault Ste. Marie team, Al went 55, 7, 0, and six. So they were absolutely disgusting. Yeah. So I found the tweet. So he says. If you can, so this is JD Bunkus. If you can drive a line and play center, we will pay you. If you can't, it's not us trying to screw you. It's us proving our point that we don't think you're a $10 million guy. And I think that's what the Leafs are trying to, I think that's what the Leafs are saying. I don't think the Leafs think he's a $10 million guy. And I'm going to be the first one to say, I don't think so either, either. And I don't ever think he was. So then I went on and say, I'll go even further and say this. This is the Leafs showcasing Nylander to the league as a trade piece. They know he's not going to budge for whatever price uh, they're asking him to take. So why not drive up his trade stock? 
And I think that's what the Leafs might be doing here. It'll be like, okay, if he proves us that he's a $10 million guy, great. That means we're going to be successful and he's going to help us out and we have a chance to win. But at the same time, I also think the Leafs are going, but if he doesn't, or if he, or if, and if he does, sorry, if he does prove us right, but we still can't afford him regardless. And his price drives up to what? 11 million or whatever. I don't think it will, but I think this is the Leafs going, Hey, now you got a 40 goal scorer, but you also got a guy who could play center who can carry a line, which is attractive to other teams around the league. And there are teams that are willing to pay the price that William Nylander is asking for. But what I want, this is why I want the Leafs to trade him is because if the season ends and William Nylander is still a Toronto Maple Leaf and still doesn't have a contract, it's just going to be another player who walked for free. And that's what I don't want to have happen because the Leafs have been doing that way too much. Yeah, you, in the last few years, you'll be losing a very valuable forward for exactly nothing. Right, you have nothing to show for it. So for me, I think this is the Leafs going. All right, we have now until the trade deadline to decide whether or not we are going to pay this man. And if a deal is going to come with William Nylander's camp and the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's going to happen during the All Star break. They're not going to do anything during the season. They, they, Willie is like Austin Matthews. I don't want distractions. I want the shit done either in the off season or when I have time off and I don't have to think about hockey 24-7. So for me, I'm calling it right now, if William Nylander is going to extend his time with the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's going to happen at the All-Star break. If he doesn't have a deal done by the All-Star break, I strongly believe that there is a chance that he is moved at the deadline. Don't ask me for who. I don't know what. Don't know what, what other suitor would the Leafs would have. If I had to guess right now, I wouldn't be surprised if the Leafs even tried to go for a goalie. Which one would you want? Is there a goalie in mind? John Gibson. Oh, you want Gibson out of Anaheim, you think? That is the only thing I can think of right now where it's like, okay, he's been to the big games. He can make the big saves. Yes, he sucks at the All-Star game, but, like, he is a very good goaltender. Yeah, because the All-Star game matters. Yeah, I know. I know, but I'm just saying. Like, John Gibson every year, I'm like, why is he at the All-Star? Like, why is he at the All-Star game? He can't play. Well, because Anaheim needs one. No, I know, but... I John Gibson is the first name that comes to mind. I don't think Toronto's stupid enough to trade within the conference. If they would, then I would go sh- for ideally I'd like to go shopping in Buffalo for one of their young guys, Devin Levi. Not a chance. I, I know. I'm just saying. This is not me. These are not me. Like, this is not, these are, okay. These are like beyond hot takes. This is like what I would like to see or what I would do if this was my, like, this is my, like, this is my fantasy talking here and I, in a perfect world, which we know is not perfect. So, you know, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll pump the brakes a little bit. I will say that I'm going to go back to my original point. That's that. These are, these are takes. So these are takes for sure. Neyland, the whole deadline thing, the whole all-star break thing, that, those are my takes. That, I will, I'm sticking to that. That's what I think is going on. My gut feeling is telling me 
Toronto is looking to up his trade stock. If they can, he will get dealt at the de- at the deadline. Or if he, if Nylander is going to sign and they finally come to a number that they can agree on during the All-Star break, then he's going to extend his time with the Leafs. For how long? I don't know. I'm going to say maybe it'll be even the kind of deal that Austin Matthews got in terms of the term, which is a five-year, uh, four-year deal. Because I do think that if they don't get anything done in that time span, I think both of them walk regardless. One of them's lying about being happy in Toronto. For damn sure. And I mean, and I think it's Willie, but I think Willie just wants the money and he'd like to stay here because he knows that he's going to be like a household name and he could potentially have his number go up in the rafters. Um, at the end of his career, if he were to be a lifelong Leaf. Um, and if they went, actually win something, which you always hope would be with this roster. Yeah, yeah. I, I, For me, win or lose, if Matthews ends his career in Toronto or like, you know, before like two years before he retires from the National Hockey League, which is still ways away, but I still think he's already got his name up there. I don't Just know. Because- I, th- I, I think you need guys who win. Like, I know they put I- Sundin's number up there, but... I'm getting sick and tired of guys putting their numbers up there for doing nothing. Like, I understand generational I, players. I get no, all but of that. I agree. But I agree something. with you. I, I agree win with something. you there. I, I'll give you that for sure. But I also think, like, you look at the – the he has won stuff individually. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. He has, he he has made stuff. He, ha, he has made franchise history. That, that's he, why he goes I, in the Hall of I, Fame, I'll, not in I'm the also, rafters. I'm also going to say this. Okay, well, he breaks Sundin's numbers and records. Then what? Again, it numbers no up there. difference. Those are individual awards. I want team success. What'd you do for the team? Okay. So does Patrice Bergeron's number go up there? Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. Cup. Yeah, he won a cup. Yeah, he won a cup. Yeah. Duh. My bad. Yeah, my bad. One of the best captains in fr- one of the best players in franchise history. I was, I, I was gonna not say not captain. I was gonna say not captain. Not including I was gonna say not captain. more cups with him, not including he was the captain of the team even without wearing the C for many, many years. Many, yeah. many years. Yeah, I jumped the gun again on that one. I was I just know. me getting a little. That was just a little me getting fumigated on that one. But yeah, um, I don't know. I think I think Matthews' his number is going to get retired regardless of whether he wins or loses. Depending, stupid. Uh, depending, if he leaves after this four-year contract, then maybe not. But if he's a lifelong Leaf, it's going up. Sorry, it's going up there, whether you like it or not. Well, I guess um, the rest of the losers. But yeah, so that's my that's my thought there with William Nylander. Um, yeah, that's how I think it's going to go. He's going to either sign by the All-Star break. That doesn't happen. And he's putting on a show and then putting on a, an incredible season at center. And it's working out the way that it, you know, another 40-goal season, you know, maybe 80-point season, whatever. He replicates what he did last year. But by playing at center, trade stock goes up. You trade him at the deadline. Get some big key pieces, some key names. I think you can get at least two key names from a team for sure. And then you can get at least a first, at least two, two first-round picks. And then some late round and a couple late rounds for for Nylander. I really do. I think that's the price tag for a ten million dollar player or more. So, um, as far as who they get, I could see. I'd say the Leafs would probably go for one decent name on defense and then one big name on up on the wing. And that, or they go shopping for someone to replace him up front and they go try to get a goaltender because let's be real Toronto. If there's one thing Toronto has been missing for a long time is a franchise goaltender. 
And that's what I want Toronto to have. I want a guy that can go in every night and I don't have to worry about him having a bad game. Obviously you have bad games, but like, I'm not saying Toronto is going to, I don't want want to be more. You want them to be more spaced out. I want like a Henrik Lundqvist. Well, not like hit, not like, not like his, you'll never get it. Like the King is the King. But I mean, like, I want a guy like, like that can win games that can take you on a run and potentially win you a cup. Whether they win one or that can steal you games. Yeah, and I don't think Toronto has that. Don't get me wrong. Samsonov did that last year against Tampa for sure. But like, can he do it again? Exactly. That's the thing. I don't think he can. I I think he'll get us to the playoffs. But I just I yeah I don't know. I want a goalie. I've been trying. I've been asking Toronto to get a goalie for a long time. And even when they got Samsonov, I was like, meh. Okay, sure. And if I'm not mistaken, Samsonov's only here for another year anyways, isn't he? I will quickly check his contract. His, his, arbit- his, his, his arbitration case was... Oh, well, if he was at ARB, then yeah, it's a one-year deal. Always one-year deal yeah. for ARB. So. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, so he went to arbitration. So yeah, so it's only a one-year deal. So for me, I'm like, okay, cool. But yeah, no, I want Toronto to get a goalie. And it's unfortunate because... I wish Matt Murray would have turned out to be that, but like you knew as soon as the Leafs traded for Matt Murray, that was like, okay, well, this is well, not. He, he was a band aid before he got to Toronto. He was a band aid at the well, end of his tenure. Well, in that's what I'm saying. But, in th- but that's what I'm saying. But like I was hoping when he got to Ottawa, like I thought for sure when Ottawa got Murray, I was like, oh, this is it. Like this is going to be Matt Murray, Pittsburgh Matt Murray. And then it didn't go out that way. So that when, so then when he came to Toronto, I was like, oh, well, yeah, this is too little, too late. And this is also Toronto just lacking creativity and not getting a, going out to get a goalie. And the irony, uh, the uh, the irony of uh, him being a Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound also adds to it. That's also the one thing I'm glad about. I'm so glad that storyline's dead. Thank goodness for that. That was one thing I will say that pissed me off about Dubis while he was in Toronto was, oh look, another Sioux guy. Well, in fairness, I got Connor Timmins. I knew you were gonna say that. In but, fairness. Okay, but I like Connor Timmins. It's and just the, but there's a lot of Sioux guys that he'd get, and it was like very questionable. Whereas when he got Matthew Connor Bunting? Timmons, I'm like, Michael, Matthew Michael Matthew, Bunting. Right? Yeah, Michael yeah, you Bunting. said Matthew. I, 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 see, he's so bad. I even forget how to say his name. I always forget. I always make up, mix up Matthew and Michael. But that's, whatever but his that's, name, name is. But that's one thing I'm glad about. That's one thing I'm happy about is that the Sioux narrative is gone now. It's like, okay, if, at least I know if there's a Sioux guy coming in, there's no connection. Yeah, there is no bias there, you would think. It's just like, okay, you think he's a good player. Whereas, like, Dubas was like, dude, we get it. You literally brought back all the Sissimri players you you drafted in the OHL. Yeah, Mac Hallowell, Rasmus Sandin, Michael Bunting, Matt Murray. Um, Connor Timmins. Connor Timmins. There's a, there's a couple others, too. There's, yeah, there's a few. In. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, so I think the Leafs look good. I don't know what the season will look like because... Well, we haven't really seen a full roster. And I mean, again, I think this, like we said in the other episode, the Eastern Conference is going to be tough in general, but like the Atlantic is going to be tight. I think it's, I don't think it's, op- I don't, I, I think it's, honestly, the Atlantic is going to be open season in terms of like whoever's good is going to be good. It's not like one of those where like, oh, you know, you could rank them. Like even Boston, I'm not ready to rank them yet because I'm like, well, we had them ranked fifth last year and these, or fourth, they fourth? broke the record. I, I put and, them fifth. I think you put them yeah, fourth. Yeah, and they then broke they the record for most wins and most yeah, points. Yeah, they're the that best was... team in the league. Like what the hell? 
best team ever, arguably, with the most wins. Obviously, yeah. again, playoff success didn't work out, but still, like, yeah, record no, exactly. and, and wins and points, they had the best record wins and points ever. Yep. So that's why I'm not ready to rank any team yet, but... Well, I think, I think be... we're going to have to by next episode, Al, because we're going to be doing our predictions before the NHL season starts, and I believe it starts technically next week, so... Uh, we what be... are we? No, it starts two weeks. Well, then we're, definitely do, we're, we're definitely doing our season predictions next week to make sure we do it before the season starts. So I will we'll give that away. NHL predictions will be next episode. Yep. So Al and I will get our divisions and all our stuff figured out one more time. I'm going to do it on the fly like I did last year. I know, it's, I know Spencer tried to tell me, oh, you get prepared or whatever. I was like, ah, I didn't really do my homework. Well, you, you never do, Al. I, I, met you, I met you in college. You never do. Well, let's not take it that far, but, you know, never is a big word, but, like, not often? Sure, I'll fine. give you that. Fine, fine. Very, very not often. Rare Lacking occasion. consistency. There you go. Which is basically what, you know what, our podcast should be called that, because, like, we're only on episode 20, and this is year number two. Well, that's your fault, not mine, okay? So I am the average. Oh, it's my fault that I'm busy. Yeah, you're right. Well, exactly. You shouldn't be so busy. Find time well, for me, Al. Find time. I did. Look at that. We're back to back. This is like the wait. Know. No, this is what three consecutive weeks. Well, I, I can quickly check. Two, two. This is back I think to back. It's two. Yeah. yeah, I think it's two. But yeah, like these days work for me now. Like we just got to keep it up now. We do, and we will hopefully, implying you because you'll stay semi semi regular. Yeah, it'll stay. It's yeah. It's pretty much a lock. I mean, yeah, it's been pretty consistent. So. Well, and I, I think with that, I'll. I'm basically done. Are you done cathartic? Oh, yeah. You, I mean, I was, I, yeah, I was checking the time, too. I was like, man, like, we, I went longer than I thought we were going to go. It's kind of funny how. Um, Turns out that way. Yeah. Um, I hope I didn't blow into the mic there, but I had to blow something off my phone screen there. Uh, oh, this weekend I will be putting together those soundtrack things, or at least I will attempt to, so that we uh, actually have, uh, we sound slightly better for the audience. Can we make intros? Should yeah. Clarify. Yeah. I'm going to try to avoid copyright, but no promises. We, we probably should try to avoid copyright. Not sure I want a copyright strike. Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure we can use, uh, I can use game audio, right? Like slam dunks and stuff. Yeah, of course. Okay. That's what I thought too. Shouldn't take me too long. I already have an idea of how it's going to go. So it, sh- I'll, it should be fun. Um, junior hockey debut coming up in October. Al so being back I'll, on the ice as a referee. Not only yeah. not only is an ice boy, he is a referee still. Yeah, I'm just, uh, it's like, uh, to quote the great David Lannis, you got too much hockey in your life, Al. You got too much hockey. Well, I don't disagree with him, but anyway. Well, he's, well, I mean, he's not wrong, but I mean, I don't think you can ever have too much hockey. Oh, I think I know people that disagree with you on that. Well, whatever. I'm... So anything else? Well, I guess you know what we also should mention. We are we are we are officially graduated. Well, officially graduating. Our graduation. Uh, when did you week. get when did you get your diploma? I didn't get mine yet. The hell are you talking about? Well, we're we're getting we're getting it next we're getting it next week. So we are graduating. Yep, that's gonna be great. I get to see a lot of people that I'm not really excited to see. But well, don't lie to yourself. I get to see me. Okay, and that fixes the whole day. Well, yeah, I, of course. I, honestly, I'm going there because you're there. Well, exactly. And if you weren't going I'm because honest- you, I, I was going to make you go. Yeah, I was, I'm honestly doing this for you, man. I'm not, like, to be honest, like. like you see, I, I, I make people better, you know? I, oh, I, I am okay. 
I am the Wayne Gretzky of, of the Outrage Inc. Wow. You know, I, I just, I'm just passing the puck around. You know, I don't want my goals. I just want to pass the puck around. Gretzky never passed. What do you mean? He had like 200 assists in a season. I know. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? I know. I know. Literally, literally half I'm of his John 2000. Stockton, dog. Literally half of his 2,000 points are assists. So over. If you get rid of all of his goals, Al, he'd still lead the NHL. In I know. Get rid of all of his goals. Eh? I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, this is my. Is this my cue now? This is my time? I, I think it's been your cue. Yeah. Well. This was episode 20th of The Outrage. Episode 20th. What the hell? My grandma's so bad. Episode 20 of The Outrage. Well, as long as you figured that out, I was going to say something. I was going to wait. I was like, I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it in your chuckle. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was like, I said something here. This was episode 20 of The Outrage from myself, Alain Kevion, and Spencer Byers. We thank you for tuning in once again, and we thank you for continuing to tune in. And we try to progressively get better every day for you, and be more consistent. We'll we'll get there, baby steps. You got to learn to walk before you. No shit. Wow, I can't even get. You know what? We're just gonna wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thanks for tuning in, Spencer. Make sure you get rid of that f bomb at the beginning that you let I, rip. I, I, and your too. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I got a few in there too. Um. Anyways, this has been the outrage. We will talk to you next week.